Welcome to Combo Chain, episode 12. It's a JRPG podcast uh, where we look at the latest news, we chat about new games, and uh, in some episodes we do uh, deep dives into uh, classic JRPGs, both old and new. I'm Paul M. Davis. And I'm Elisa James. Welcome back, Elisa. It's good to be back, thanks. As we uh, live in the uh, crazy time of COVID-19. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a little while since we recorded. <laughs> yeah, I would say thank God for JRPGs. <laughs> I know, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> JRPGs and Animal, Animal Crossing. It's like... <laughs> I know. It's a thank, thanks for that, because... <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just kind of just get started off with the news here. Trails of Cold Steel 3 is uh, coming to the Switch very soon. There's a demo on the uh, eShop, and uh, Part 4 is coming next year, uh, which is kind of a turnaround because uh, Falcom, not too long ago, swore that a port would never happen, which always seemed kind of insane to me because like the series is a perfect fit for the Switch. Like it's the whole series. The whole series is like, you know, started out on the Vita, and it's still kind of like at its heart, like a Vita ass JRPG. You know, even even the like kind of upscaled remasters on the PS4 just you know have like Vita style textures and stuff. So I know exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it just seemed kind of, kind of weird and ridiculous, um, that they're saying that they wouldn't bring the Switch, but they are, and they're also going to bring, uh, Trails of Cold Steel 4, which is going to be the final entry, uh, in the sub-series, um, to the PS4 this fall and the Switch and the PC next year. Um, have you played these at all? Um, I've dabbled in it. I really need to just sit down and get disciplined and actually play the whole series from start to finish. Because from what I played of it, like I played a bit of the demo and I really liked it a lot. I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's a really, it's they're really good games, but they are the 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 problem for me, at least sticking with the series, has been. Um, well, for one thing, the releases have been like really, really like crazy and it's, it's like really serialized. So it's kind of like, you know, the fact that there's like been like years and multiple platform changes between each release. Yeah. Makes it kind of hard to just kind of, you know, stay, keep motivated to keep with it. But, um, you know, so like I owned and played the 
the original on the Vita. Um, I own the second on the PS3. Never beat it. I got about halfway through it. And I own the third one on the PS4. Um, but I just haven't really kind of like gotten around to, you know, really kind of like sinking my teeth into it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I mean, well, even though they've re-released and remastered the first two on the PS4, it, what would be really nice is if they like package the entire series together, <laughs> like at a price less than like sixty bucks like, per game. That would um, be incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, they've done that with some of the like uh, Atelier uh, remasters, where it's like, I mean, it's still kind of ridiculous, but it's like. You know, if you buy, um, you know, they'll like re- release like three at a time. And if you buy more than one, they'll give you a discount in the eShop, you know? Uh, yeah. But yeah, paying full price for these games that like I paid full price for like relatively not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, no, it has to. And, and with these games, I know it also had some rockiness um, in terms of uh, publishing uh, in the West because it actually switched between uh, two different uh, localizers, right? Two different uh, publishers. Because I know at first was done by Exceed Games. Yeah. And then the rights ended up transferring over to uh, Nis America. And I believe they actually redid the entire localization. So I know that took uh, and because of that and the switching in general i know that caused a lot of uh issues because i think i actually have the uh set i mean i know it was one of the games i have for ps3 but that was when Exceed actually published it so mm. yeah yeah i mean that's kind of been the story of falcom games in the recent like recently in general you know like um like something similar happened with ease eight where I can't remember. One of the companies, one of those, one of the companies did the Vita and PS4 release for it. And right. then, um, the other one did the switch release. They had different localizations. The switch localization was like notoriously bad. And yeah. They, they, <laughs> I mean, they patched it within a couple of weeks and you know, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. We actually did a uh, one of the earlier combo chain episodes on Ease Eight, and um, I ended up playing it on Switch. Like after they fixed the localization, it was really good. But yeah, that was that was just a huge clusterfuck. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully they get their uh, shit together a little and get a little more stable. You know, like consistent. Yes, seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, and I wish that. There was a little more, like, um, you know, Ease 9 has been announced for the PS4. Uh, they claim it's not going to come to the Switch, but they keep on claiming that, ga- that games aren't going to come to the Switch. And and, yeah. and then they do, yeah. And then, yeah, and then they do. And, I don't know, Ease is another, system, uh, another series that, you know, like, really, I think, kind of benefits from being on, like, you know, or... It, def- it definitely, you know, it's nice to have it on a system that can be portable, you know. So hopefully they'll get all, that all figured out. But it is exciting that 
you know, Falcons doing more switch support. And, uh, yeah, I just really hope that they kind of like bundle the whole series together somehow. So, yeah, you know, you kind of get, kind of get the whole story like, in uh, <laughs> because it's also like a very, very like intricate and detailed story. Um, and yeah. each, each game, when you start out, you know, kind of gives you like a little like, or you can like you open up a menu and be like, this is what I forgot, or this is what I missed because I didn't play the previous game, but still, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, that probably will happen at some point, and it'll probably be like $300 or something because of the. Like, JRP <laughs> the the like niche JRPG tax <laughs> <laughs> and the switch tax yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so um so also uh recently we've had some interesting rumors uh concerning Mario and the first one is that there is apparently going to be a new Paper Mario game that goes back to the series roots, um, more inspired by the N64 original and fan favorite, The Thousand Year Door. So, I mean, fingers crossed because I know fans have been wanting that game for years. And from what I've seen of it, it, it is actually an excellent game. So, yeah, yeah. I mean,. I've never actually played Thousand Year Door, uh, but everything, I mean, it's just so beloved. Um, and so a new game in that, in that like mode, I think a lot of people will be re- I mean, people are really excited and these are just rumors going around, even though I'm seeing more and more news sources kind of like saying like, you know, our like n- nameless sources are confirming that this is definitely happening and probably coming out this year. Yeah, yeah. Like, and along with that, um, it was. It's also rumored that a lot of Mario's back catalog is supposed to be coming to the Switch. So oh, stuff like you know, uh, Super Mario Galaxy, uh, port of Super Mario uh, 3D World, um, Mario Super Mario Sunshine, things like that. And apparently, according to the rumors, this was supposed to be an announcement to be revealed on E3. Uh, but you know, E3 was canceled, of course. So, um, you know, I guess we'll see later on if they'll announce it around the E3 time or a little bit sooner and like their own just regular direct. I mean, it'd be pretty cool if it got this whole catalog. Like, oh, you I'm know, they're, so, they're I, great games. I am, I would be so there for an HD re release of uh, Sunshine. Um, yes, and. I think that's highly likely. I thought that's that would be highly likely for a long time because um, they Nintendo a couple of years ago released a few HD remasters of uh, uh, GameCube and Wii games uh, on the in- Nvidia Shield only in China, and uh, Odyssey. Yeah. Odyssey was one, of, or not Odyssey. Um, uh, Super Mario Galaxy was one of them. So, you know. Since the shield is basically, or since the switch is basically just an Nvidia Shield, I've just been under the assumption that it was going to come here eventually. But yeah, the uh, the the idea of like a remaster of um, Sunshine is kind of surprising. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a very cult game because it's not like, you know, the most popular entry in the 3D games, but you do have a lot of fans who are like devoted in a sense, you know, they at least appreciated the, the, the more unique mechanics that that game introduced. Totally, totally. I mean, it's a weird game. I played it not too long ago. I mean, when I say not too long ago, like maybe two years ago, it was the first time I played it. I was like, this is this is very, very weird for like a Mario 3D game. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so um, we also know that the developers for the um, game, The Messenger, they've raised so far over $150,000 to make a brand new 8-bit, 16-bit hybrid. Um, kind of, I'm more, more like 1632 bit. Yeah. Sort of like that because it's like 16 bit, um, uh, uh, sort of JRPG, but it's the, the, the graphics are more refined and, uh, incredibly pixelated, uh, graphics of, uh, you know, games of that actual time period. Uh, the game itself is called sea of stars. Funny enough is that even though it has a, com- it's in a completely different genre from the messengers, sea of stars is supposed to be a prequel. So, um, apparently they're supposed to be building a sense of like a shared universe with some characters from, uh, the messenger making cameos, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, you know, so as for the, uh, the game itself, um, of course it had exceeded its original Kickstarter goal of 90,000, um, and basically the, the game is going to have, uh, battle mechanics, uh, rather, you know, uh, innovative battle mechanics of, you know, something that shows the refinement of the JRPG genre versus just kind of pulling from the old school mechanics of uh, games, you know, once again in that time period. So, for instance, they've stated, you know, of course, no random encounters, uh, time attacked and blocking bonuses like you would see in Paper Mario. Uh, you have this uh, really cool spell break uh, that can cancel attacks and the ability to earn orbs, ability orbs within battles that increase your damage output. So. Yeah, which sounds sounds it, sound, it sounds really cool. And you know, I mean, I'm am just kind of guessing, but like those specific mechanics kind of remind me of uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two, which like I wouldn't mind because like even though the battle system for that game took a while to figure out. Um, it was really, really satisfying, like being able to kind of like use, like team up your party's powers to like create these orbs that you would burst and then like launch special attacks. Um, and so, and it was just kind of like added an additional like sense of like tension and fun to the battle system. So if it's anything like that, like it would be really cool. And, uh. Yeah, have you watched the trailer? It's it's beautiful. Yeah, it it is like I mean, not only the, the pixel, uh, the sixteen bit uh, plus, I'm gonna call it uh, graphics are gorgeous, but the lighting effects. Like I'm looking at a GIF right now, and I'm just still blown away. Like I've been looking at this GIF for like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's just I mean, it really just looks incredible. Just the amount of of detail and work that's gone into it. I love the the art direction. Uh, it's beautiful. 
Uh, it's just a, a, the the designs themselves are just fantastic. Like it really has this great fantasy sense. So I'm very excited to be able to play this. Oh, oh my gosh! I'm, I just <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I, I'm really you know, and like yeah, the messenger was a really great game. It's cool to see that they're going like with a completely different genre this time. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like I generally don't like support anything on Kickstarter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I just wait. I wait for it to come out. You know, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah I'm I'm really excited about this. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's I, I'm. It's funny because I can't even blame you at all for not uh, supporting games because I've written. I think I've written a couple pieces actually uh, a while ago about Kickstarter, and this was like when the platform was starting to run into um, issues. And then you know we have the more infamous uh, funding issues uh, for the video game subgenre of that site. So yeah, I'm not gonna drop any names, but. <laughs> You know, we know of a couple of them at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and even like in good, like with good intentions, it's like, I mean, sometimes I, I, I get a little like annoyed where when people, you know, because like, like game development's hard and it takes a long time. It does, uh, yes. So, I mean, I understand when they, you know, somebody in good faith like goes over their you know expectation of how long it's going to take um you know like i think like with uh you know igarashi um like it seemed like they they were working in as good faith as faith as they could you know and they kind of bit off a bit more than they could chew but then there's the other stuff where you know the many infamous examples exactly (laughs) so you know so i i definitely don't blame you i think i've been lucky and pretty much everything so far i have supported which tend to be much smaller projects have actually worked out and i think that's really just the key that um unfortunately you really have to just do your due diligence you know like you have to look at their actual proven track record i mean a bonus that they've had successful kickstarters that they've successfully uh fulfilled and the final product was what they stated mm-hmm. um uh, studio uh Laurian Studios is very famous for that they're the ones that are behind the Definity uh origin uh, um, original sin series right. yeah and they've they've been using kickstarter you know, very uh very talented indie uh, dev group and they've used kickstarter several times and every time they just more than deliver they're always extremely transparent even when they've had a couple delays extremely transparent uh very regular updates video updates and they even had live streams and all that. And, you know, and I think that's just the way to do it, you know, versus, you know, because once again, video game development is very, uh, very difficult. You know, you have a lot of uh, unforeseen challenges uh, and obstacles that crop up. But as long as you communicate that with your audience, I've seen they don't have an issue with those delays. And then, you yeah. know, when the final product comes out, and it's exactly what they promised. And, 
I mean, you know, now you've built up this trust. So that's important. And even if it's their first time, like let's say this company that would want to go to Kickstarter, you have to kind of look at the scope of their project, whether the budget properly covers uh, what they actually need in terms of development, whether the people themselves have have industry experience. That's a huge, huge thing. Totally. Uh, yeah. So, and what are they promising in terms of, uh, you know, uh, in terms of the, the base product and even in terms of their, uh, you know, goals, their stretch goals. And you have to just really look at that all together and try to, and of course, you know, sometimes no matter what, it, you'll have a, a, a flop. But most of the time, if you just really pay attention to those things, you can avoid like, 99% of the uh, bad faith kickstarters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think people have gotten a lot a lot more savvy. I or I'd hope so. I'd hope so at this point. Absolutely. Um, I mean, a lot of great games have come out of that out of Kickstarter. Um you know, I think uh like uh Hollow Knight was a Kickstarter project, I think. Yes. Yes, that was. I mean, I love that game. I suck at that game. I, <laughs> I've sunk about 60 hours into it. I think I'm only about a third of the way through it, but you know, it's a great, great game. Um, oh, yes. And there's, there's a lot of st good stuff that has come out. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, moving on. Um, so, uh, so uh, Sega released uh, a new uh, gameplay trailer of uh, Secure Wars, which um, is their reboot of the uh, Saturn franchise. It's uh, releasing on the PS4 on April 28th, and it's uh, it's looking really kind of cool and promising. Uh, they enlisted a number of the original creators and character designers, and um, you know the trailers, including like the new one that you know focuses on the battle mechanics. Just makes it look like you know it's kind of like a lot of like kind of goofy fun, um, and the premise is just like amazingly wonderfully ridiculous. It's like set in an alternative history, nineteen forties Tokyo, um, and your party engages in mech battle tournaments uh, in the hopes of winning, <laughs> like basically like the World Mech Olympics. All while they like protect like Japan, um, <laughs> and you know, hopefully, I'm, I'm presuming, hopefully, that you know, this alternative history for 1940s Japan isn't like you know, Nazi sympathizing, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it looks really, really cool. Um, so, um I never played. I've never played any of the original Secure War games. Um, I know that they are loved by, you know, a very kind of like small but passionate fan base. I think in general it's awesome that like Sega's got this new initiative to just kind of like resurrect some of their more obscure but like still beloved franchises. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I've been a, I, I really do like uh, Sakura Wars as well. You know, it's uh, I and I'm, I was so happy when I first heard that 
uh, they were actually remastering it, like rebooting the franchise, you know. So, I mean, like you said, it's an awesome. It's absolutely ridiculous. I love, I love Mech, Giant Mech series, and I love the characters. So, <laughs> this is really, really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's Giant Mechs, it's like... Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm, like, seriously there for it. Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to do much selling. Uh, <laughs> to get me into, <laughs> and to get to get me into a game with Max, you know, at least as long as it's like Japanese developed. Like I, th- I picked up Titanfall two, uh, like on the PS4 when it was like on sale for like five bucks, and I was like, I was like, man, Americans just don't know how to do Max. Like, <laughs> I know. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's like they just. It's like this, like. Oh, we're gonna turn it into like you know, Call of Duty with like giant like battle suits. Like, <laughs> that's not what makes Max awesome. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Well, uh, so we move on to some uh, first impressions. There's been uh, a couple of uh, pretty uh, pretty big uh, games uh, that have had demo releases. Um, did you? Uh, Kind of want to give uh, give some of your impressions of uh, the uh, Trials of Mana. Ah, yes, of course. So um, I played through Trials of Mana. Um, I had first played it actually in um, in uh, the actual offices of the uh, PR company uh, that that deals with you know Square Enix's uh, uh, products, you know, as well as loads of other uh, Japanese you know companies. So uh, I played about almost two hours of the game. Uh, I believe it coincides with the actual demo um, that was recently made available, although I haven't gotten a chance to download that demo, so I don't know if, like, it cuts off earlier or if it's the same, but I'll speak from what, you know, I played on my own preview. So um, just a little backstory. Uh, Trials of Mana is the uh, title for uh, the original... um, Seiken uh, Detsetsu Fancha, you know, uh, 3, which came out back in 1995 for the Super Famicom, never actually came out here to the States. So, uh, of course, back then, this was a 16-bit JRPG, and under Trials of Mana, this is a full-blown remake, like Mm top-to-bottom, full 3D. And And if you watch, like, gameplay comparisons between the original uh Seiken and this version this trials it's it's incredible just the difference and it's so cool because you know it's it, it's really awesome not only seeing you know these cutscenes remastered in 3D and seeing how it compares and how how faithful they've remained to the actual plot and you know the dialogue and everything but also just in how well they've remastered uh, the music as well. Like when I first heard the the boss theme, that was it. It's, it sounds amazing. They did such a great job with this. I I've only I've only been able to spend uh, I don't know maybe twenty minutes total with the uh, with the demo that released on Switch, but I have been really really impressed. Uh, like everything, the production values, like I mean. It doesn't feel like like what was it the secret of mana um, 
HD remaster that they did a couple years ago that was yeah jank janky as hell <laughs> like yeah exactly <laughs> um, like it's not that at all it is you, you could pick it up and feel like this is a completely like new like decent budget jrpg like you know hd modern day jrpg you know um so yeah i I've, yeah. I've been really impressed that they've like put put the effort into it yeah yeah no no absolutely it's um and and what makes this game so interesting is that it has a character select system where essentially when you first start the game you uh take you select the main character and then two companions uh so you're selecting three out of six characters that are going to make up your future party so what happens is depending on who you pick as your main character you'll start off in their story where you know whatever kingdom or wherever their setting is and you'll learn through their backstory you'll play their prologue uh, each character has their own unique prologue, which is how you learn about their, um, you know, their backstory and why they're journeying in the first place. And so once you finish the prologue, you're sort of in their journey. And it's really interesting uh, because as your as you, you know, journey with your character, you'll start to slowly meet up with both your companions and also other uh, um, player, other possible choices for playable characters, but since you hadn't, you know, picked them, they'll have different dialogue. So, you know, now instead, like for instance, uh, Charlotte, I actually had met up with, I didn't pick her as a, uh, as a um, companion. So at that scene where you could tell normally she would join your party, instead the main characters told her, you know, just you should go back to your village. You know, your family's worried about you. And then that was kind of that. So... <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's really cool because then it means that uh depending on you know what characters you've picked and how and where you encounter them in your stories you'll kind of have like either you'll have a complete party right away or you'll have to wait much longer to even get party members um but what's cool is that the game itself it's not like so poorly balanced where that's ever an issue, you know, that mm -hmm. when I played, when I played my character, uh, by herself, um, I played as, uh, I'm trying to remember how to pronounce her name. Reese. Reese. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. She's the, um, she's the, uh, uh, spear wielder. So I started with her and, um, you know, I, I didn't have any issues at all in terms of fighting alone. You know, of course you have to make sure, it's, it it kind of plays in the sense like the uh, Tales of series that you have to make sure that you're careful in battle. You can't just button mash. You actually have to pay attention to the type of attacks you use, the enemy types. You have to pay attention to their special abilities, which you actually see in a visible like area of effect. Um, you have to pay attention to the skills you use, things like that, and of course to your own HP to make sure you know you don't randomly uh you know party wipe. Um, but then as soon as you start getting these, the, your other characters slowly, it feels like the game almost kind of adjusts to it and it just works really well. And, you know, also the fact that, you know, the, the, the characters that you're with, they actually control themselves and surprisingly their AI is very good. Like you, you, you kind of have that thing where you can pick a general direction for how they'll behave. But other than that, once you pick that, they'll actually behave very well 
according to their uh, general AI behavior. You know, they don't get in your way. They don't stand in the way of attacks. Uh, they actually attack properly. They take initiative. Like, for instance, if you have aerial enemies, they'll use aerial attacks automatically and take them down. Uh, they'll, have, they'll tend to focus on enemies that uh, you're focusing on. But even if they don't, it makes sense why they're splitting. So it's just, you know, that that's very well done. And the combat's very well translated from the 2D to the 3D. So it never feels like you have to get used to the controls a little bit. But once you do, it, it works very well. Uh, it doesn't even, it doesn't have a targeting system, funny enough, which, you know, is a holdover from its 2D origins. But then you find you don't need one because the game gives you ample time to actually center uh, enemies without having them punish you from off screen. Right, right. Yeah, so that that's a that's very cool as well. Um, the skill system's pretty cool. It's essentially um, you have the these several stats, and what you do is you receive training points as you you know defeat enemies and gain experience and level up. And so what you do is for each stat of uh, the stats of stamina, strength, intelligence, luck, and spirit. And what you do is when you go under a stat, you actually uh, you have a set amount of abilities that are unique to each character uh, under that stat. And you assign, okay, I want to learn this ability. You assign the proper training points for that ability to learn it. And then, well, you know, you equipped it and bam. So you have some, you have some nice customization options as well. Um, you can also choose to, of course, each character has their own strengths, so you can choose whether you want to just solely focus on those strengths, or if you want to try to make the characters a little more well-rounded, and at least try to compensate for their weaknesses as well. Like, that's completely right. left up to you. So, it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, the only things I would say about it so far is that it really does remind me of, like, early 2000s. JRPGs, like right. in terms of, you know, and both, which is both good and bad because the good thing is that it has nice, vibrant visuals. And, um, you know, I, I love the way it looks very colorful. You know, mm. it's not like the most graphically intense game, but uh, I, I actually prefer these type of visuals. They're like very nice and, and, and sort of unique looking and, and fun, you know? Um, yeah, I would say... It's kind yeah. of cool. Aesthetic. I, th I think the sales comparison is pretty right on. Um, you know, from the limited time I've, I've, I've spent with it, like I definitely, in certain ways, definitely got kind of a sales vibe, both in the gameplay and like the aesthetic. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. You know what? That that's that's true too. It does aesthetically. Uh, look very similar to the Tales of series as well. So if you happen to play that game, you should be at home with this because it's nice to play action JRPGs that are actually strategic. So I really mm -hmm. just appreciate that completely. Um, one of the things, the only thing I would say that is a negative of it kind of being coming from that is at the very least the English voice work. Uh, I feel like it's extremely um, inconsistent because you'll have a few characters that sound decent and then you just have these kind of they have this like line delivery that's a bit awkward which i think is funny it's not like for me personally it's not a deal breaker at all but you know just as a heads up to people who are a little more uh critical of their voice work you know right. just just so you know it's going to sound like 
you know, like a uh, early two thousands, like Star Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, just just be careful of that. But otherwise, I think everything else completely makes up for it. It's a very very good game. They did a great job translating the combat and just the whole world into three D. Um, I think if, you know if you're a trials uh, of you know if you're a trials of mana um, uh, or trials of fan at all like i think this is absolutely a great uh pickup you know i think you'll absolutely love this game i mean it's nice that we're getting it and the way it's being treated is phenomenal so you know that's my two cents so far yeah totally totally it's very cool yeah i mean for a game that like up until like a year or a couple years ago didn't seem like it was ever going to get even localized like even the original version of it like it's kind of amazing. Like, it is. Who, who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll get like a full like HD 3D remaster of Mother Three. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know we can only hope. Crazy world that we're living in. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold my breath. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the 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 existence of this game probably would have seemed inconceivable a couple of years ago. So it's really cool that they're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I've been playing the uh, Bravely Default Two demo that uh, Nintendo dropped um, after their mini direct, and uh, yeah, so kind of similar to previous uh, demos that uh, they've done for Bravely Default, um, uh, the previous games. Um, it's kind of uh, like demos demo specific side story rather than like a slice of the actual game. Um, and it starts out with like a higher level of difficulty and, uh, more complexity in the job system, uh, options than you would, uh, presumably see at the beginning of the actual game. And my God, is it hard? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, my party was wiped out in my first battle. You know, like within like ten minutes of me starting the game, like, you know, I, I walked around the town a little bit and was like, I got, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, like, just some NPCs, whatever. Um, I walk right outside of the town gates and I just like literally got my ass handed handed to me, um, <laughs> like, and like I played the previous games and I'm pretty familiar with the mechanics, but yeah, it was, it's. They are not messing around. <laughs> it's an interesting choice for a demo. Like it's kind of cool. Um, I've actually, I, I was doing a little searching, and there's been multiple articles where people are like, you know, providing you know sort of like tutorials or how tos. Like yeah, you know, I think there's been one in, on Kotaku and another. Um, on a polygon of like, you know, <laughs> how to make, how to make it through uh, the bravely default to demo, which like you never see that kind of thing for demos. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, generally uh, now I've spent a little more time with it. Uh, there's not really any, you know, too many major changes to like the mechanics, like the basic mechanics. Um, but the whole thing is just a lot more kind of refined. Um, 
you know, the job system is more sophisticated. Uh, you can have like sub jobs. Um, the customizations to your characters are more complex. But even though there's kind of like additional complexity added to it, um, the interface of the system is really, really like user friendly and is finely tuned. And the thing that's really cool about it, once you start kind of figuring it out, and this is probably why if you just walk out of the town, like I did and get your ass handed to you, uh, <laughs> uh, without, you know, kind of like delving into the menus first. Um, there's a, a lot of like kind of additional, like strategic considerations that you need to make kind of in your like character build and character management um, process. Right. Um, and it's like, it really encourages that you kind of like stay active going in there and kind of, you know, setting up skills and like, you know, working on building up the job system and everything. Um, so that, yeah, that that's pretty impressive um, that they were able to add like additional complexity without it being, you know, completely oblique. Uh, you know, other than that, you know, I mean, it's it's more bravely default, which, you know, is a is a great thing. Like, you know, um, it's more polished. And it's an HD. Uh, it looks beautiful. I think. Um, I don't know. Have you have you spent any time with it? Or I've I've just started it myself, and so far I'm enjoying it. Um, I really just love how even more polished the um, the backgrounds are. Because that was something that I absolutely adored in the games that they just had these really just beautiful, lovingly like like drawn out like backgrounds and settings and just i could just stare at it it's just amazing but <laughs> um yeah. but i did have a question since you're a bit you know further than me and you have a really good uh handle of the combat in this demo so because i was doing a little research and i found that there are some people at least that feel like that there was some departures from the other two uh bravely games and like for instance, um, and you know, correct me if I'm end up being wildly inaccurate, um, but I've heard that you know since enemies are visibly on the field, it's not like before where you could kind of control your um, your 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 encounter rate, like how you know high or low it is. Um, I heard that the way yeah. that they cycle turns is different. It's not like the kind of um, it's not like that 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 cycle that round based kind of combat is more like a regular turn base, more traditional one. Um, and you know, things like that. So is, is that, you know, is that true? And if it is like, how did that affect uh, your enjoyment of the game? Yeah. The, you, I did not see any option for changing the, um, uh, you know, changing the encounter rate, um, mm -hmm. which is kind of a bummer, but, the fact that you can see the enemies on the field and you can outrun them. Um, I will always prefer like being able to like see the enemies and right. see whether or not I'm going to fight them rather than like, you know, any kind of like ran random encounter system. Um, right. And I thought, I, I, I always thought that the ability to turn down encounters was a nice concession, but 
um, in the previous games, but you know, even in the previous games, I would have just preferred to be able to see the enemies on the field. Um, and yeah, as far as like the turn-based stuff, you know, the way the turn-based stuff works, um, it didn't strike me as that different. Um, I feel like maybe it takes a few more uh, hints from, uh, or a few more influences from uh, Octopath Traveler. It's maybe a little more uh, kind of like traditional Square Enix JRPG. Um, but, you know, you're still kind of like, you know, in the sense that there are elements that are somewhat uh, re- reminiscent of like uh, an ATB uh, system. But, um, I mean, kind of the basics of combat are pretty similar. You know, it's like using Brave to like, stack stack your attacks right you know if you overuse that then you know you can potentially screw yourself in the next turn um so yeah that that didn't strike me as too radically different right okay okay that makes sense so all right so so yeah so i'll as I as I move along too, I'll be sure to keep all that in mind as well. And uh, hopefully, in a future episode of um, you know, that I happen to guest star of Combo Breaker, I could actually talk about my full thoughts on the demo because I would love to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, I've I think it's a pretty substantial demo. I think it's about like roughly three hours. I put about a little over an hour into it. Okay. Yeah. So, and from what I was reading, there's like enough going on in there that um, some some players are getting like m- like more more even more like gameplay out of it, just like messing around with the different systems, mechanics, and everything. So, oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's move on to uh, Persona Five Royal. You. Uh, did a great, great, and very in-depth review of it for uh, Dual Shockers. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, so you've not only, you know, last time we recorded, you were giving your impressions uh, from the uh, demo event, or um, but uh, now you've like played the whole thing. So, what's what? What can you give us a kind of a broad overview of your uh, your thoughts and your takeaways? Okay, so um, I'll admit, you know, going into this game, I one of my biggest uh, questions was for someone who's either, you know, uh, played this, for this is the first time they're ever playing Persona 5, and for those who have previously played the original game, how would uh, this game stack up in terms of what it offers? Um, in terms of, like, new players, um, you know, I, this is absolutely the version to, to buy. Just the amount of content and balances and changes and tweaks to this game is 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 really great. Um, of course, the biggest ones are the additions of the two uh, new characters, uh, Kasumi and uh, Maruki, and they come with their own uh, 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 confidants as well. Uh, of course, Kasumi is actually a playable character. Um, so, you know, that that's a huge one. 
But, you know, we also have plenty of other stuff, too, like uh, Showtime, which is the te- which is essentially team-up attacks between party members that they unlock by having these, like, really cute scenes with each other. Uh, and then that'll actually unlock it, um, you know. Uh, of course, uh, you have other certain balances. Like, funny enough, Akechi actually was pretty much rebalanced in terms of his own confidant. Like, it occurs at a different point in the game, and the confidant itself is rebalanced uh, to actually fit differently narratively in the story, which even as someone like me, I'm not a fan of Akechi, I actually did like how they changed. I know, but I'm going to get mauled, so... <laughs> Oh, why? Yeah, no, I mean, either. Like, <laughs> that's, that's good at least because I know he has a huge fan base. But, <laughs> but uh, I actually do like the, the rebalancing they did to his confidant. I feel like it plays out a lot better now. Um, so, and I feel like it, it just works better overall for his character. But um, also, just, uh, a lot of other things that they've added to, you know, including the uh, final semester, uh, which is like post uh, late December. You know, I don't want to you know, get into too spoilery stuff for those, you know, because the game just came out in America. But, you know, you have your own you have a big giant dungeon. It actually ties together uh, the, the two new characters and, you know, it has its own like interesting plot. Which, you know, I know people who have kind of might have seen the Japanese versions of this game. They can kind of see, you know, how that works. And it's it's very interesting. So, but it's just cool, too, to see all these other uh, reworks as well in combat. Like, they've even, they've, they've uh, fixed the ammo system, for inst- instance. So, instead of you having to wait until you come back for another dungeon run, run for the ammo to uh, replenish, it actually replenishes after each battle, so it makes gun usage way more viable in the game. Oh my which God, is... I, forgot, I forgot that was even a thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was very cool, you know, having that. Of course, you also have the the another big mechanic, which is the um, a grappling hook, which actually comes into play because they've reworked a lot of the dungeons to incorporate the grappling hook. And at least in my opinion, I feel like the dungeon design is uh is is improved a lot because of this new mechanic. Yeah. And and it's just a lot of fun watching him like be as dramatic as you know he pleases, you know, spinning <laughs> around and then just throwing it out and just doing all these flips as he <laughs> you know, as he flies through the air and lands. It, it looks very cinematic. And uh, tied in with that mechanic is actually something called Will Seeds, which is a lot of fun. I actually like searching for them in the dungeon. Surprisingly enough, they're not annoying. Um, Basically, there's three of them in every dungeon. And when you uh, find all three, they actually combine to create a brand new uh, accessory. And the accessories are phenomenal. Like, it'll usually give you skills that you wouldn't have access to until... Uh, a bit later in the game, like for instance, I was able to get Diorama like right from the beginning because of the first Will Seed. Um, I've had access to support skill, the one that increases defense for the whole party, and like by the I was at the second or third dungeon. It's yeah, so that's that's a really nice treat. And of course, you don't have to collect them, but I mm-hmm. like the fact that you have like the little extra bonuses of of chasing around them. It's a lot of fun. 
Um, there is another scene too that they actually did change. I'm sure people who were keeping up with the uh, news about the uh, localization for the West. Um, of course, in the original Persona 5, there was the infamous scene in uh, Shinjuku that involved uh, a gay couple and dialogue was incredibly awful. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was actually, and I remember when they announced that they actually got permission from uh, Atlas Japan to actually go over that and relocalize it completely, which they did. Um, Cause obviously it's not like they can go back and reprogram this game. So that right. whole section has to stay, but in terms of the limitations that they had, I actually like it a lot better. Basically, the dialogue instead is that because Ryuji is kind of sticking around near a pub that is known for its drag scene, the two, the couple actually thinks that Ryuji wanted to get into drag, but he's too shy. So uh -huh. all they... <laughs> So all they did, they ended up just kind of like fawning and like, you know, complimenting his features and saying, and, you know, they were trying to help him pick out an outfit that would pick for his obvious debut. So it, it actually. That's much better. It, it is actually. It's a lot better. It took a scene that was like incredibly, I mean, at the very, like, at the very least, very uncomfortable and it just and it made it it makes it a lot better it's actually funny and then you get to move on and you don't have a a, a sour taste in your mouth you know so uh i gotta give it to the localization team for figuring out how to pull that off yeah they've been doing uh yeah they've, they it seems like they've been uh <laughs> having to do some massaging like because like after like the uh all of the trans stuff with uh Catherine full frontal and everything like yes yeah they've, they've had the word cut out for them um, yeah yeah it'd absolutely better, it'd be better if uh alice japan just stopped pulling this shit it, it would be you know not leaving it to the localization team to have to figure out how to you know tackle these things sensitively while not uh, uh you know messing the flow of the game because that's a huge challenge when you're localizing so yeah. They, yeah, so they've done a fantastic job. I I the 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 team at Atlas West is great. I I met them when I went out to LA. They're all extremely passionate about the series. Absolutely phenomenal, you know, especially the uh the head of the uh PR. Uh she she's absolutely wonderful. So, you know, I I can see you could tell that kind of love uh was put into this game in terms of every aspect of it, including when they've had to figure out how to relocalize certain things, you know, to make it still so it, it was respectful to its source material. Mm -hmm. um, and there was actually one other feature that I just remember that this game actually did. Um, not only did they rework the dungeons, but they also uh, reworked the bosses. Like, they rebalanced them. So they'll actually have completely different uh, phases. For instance... Um, uh, Matarame, instead of you kind of doing that rinse and repeat of, you know, destroy the paint, uh, the, the, the facial parts of like the paintings, you know, like the nose and the eyes, whatever. And then mm -hmm. you fight 
the actual Shadow Madarame, and then you just keep redoing that. They actually completely changed it, so you have a first and second phase to it now, which makes it more exciting. Um, you know, Kaneshiro was reworked, of course, too, so uh, his moves are actually, you know, threatening. Uh, you actually do have to make that decision of throwing an item to distract him, because if you don't, he'll just keep attacking you with his strongest attack. Of course, the um, the first battle against Kamoshida's uh, shadow, he incorporates two new slaves that help him set up a special attack. The first one is, of course, Mishima, and the second one is uh, Shiho. And that, of course, tied it in much more closely to the plot line, you know, and, and gave it that court sort of... Um, uh, or I want to say urgency, or at least like uh, uh, raise stakes in a sense, because it did remind you that, hey, these two people are very much tied in with this person. Uh, and I really like that they incorporated that a bit more instead of kind of forgetting about them once you get into the dungeon. So, you know, I <laughs> yeah. and I could just, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. no. I mean, it sounds like a lot of like really good refinements. Um, I mean, so for somebody who has played the game, um, and maybe, I'm speaking of myself, but maybe was a little burnt out on the original game at the beginning, would you say it's worth going back? Okay, so uh, the first thing that I do admit fully is that uh, one of the things that I had an issue with originally with the P with P5 is its pacing issues up until around maybe the fourth, like the fourth or fifth dungeon is that it's so densely packed. So it takes a very long time to get up to that point. And, right. you know, that is still something that is within uh, Persona 5 Royal. So for those that, you know, liked all that material, it's there. For those that wanted that pacing to be ingested, it hasn't been. Um, yeah. You do have, of course, new material, so it does add a sort of freshness to it, which I did appreciate a lot because it did add a lot of, um, you know, it, it, it did make it a bit more worthwhile getting through uh, those sections. Uh, however, I do feel like overall, if you played the first one and you really enjoyed it and you, and you did want to replay it, I think it would be worth... Uh, buying Royal to experience all the new features because I do feel like it's a significant amount of new content that it does make a big difference in terms of how you play, you know, in terms of what you experience uh, with the characters, the old characters, the new characters, how you set up your day-to-day -day schedule. I've noticed it's huge changes. The fact that, I mean, Morgana doesn't force you to go to sleep Oh, uh, so often. Yeah, that's a huge, huge difference. And it honestly makes things a lot easier in terms of your, your refining your social stats and it makes that much easier to go through. Um, and, you know, with all those things, I do think it's worth it. If you played P5 and you're satisfied with it uh, and you're still on the fence, I would say maybe then check out gameplay. I, you know, from the beginning and see if it's more of your cup of tea because there is a chance that you could get burnt out from you playing right. Royale. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm real. I mean, I'm I'm really curious about the new, the new characters, the new content and mechanics, and especially the additional like semester. Um, um, yeah, but I'm just I'm a little gun shy just because like 
I definitely uh, felt like the original was already overpa- overstuffed. And like, right, yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, I mean, at least for myself, I think I'll probably get it at some point. Uh, right, of course. But, you know, I may... I may need a little more time <laughs> away from <laughs> Is there anything else that uh, really kind of jumps out that you want to mention about it? Um, there is actually one other thing. Um, so the two new characters, Kasumi and Maruki, I absolutely adore them both. I think they're both very well written. And that was actually something that I was really carefully looking at, too. But, you know, I think they were actually introduced quite well into the plot, surprisingly enough, integrated very well. Um, and as I was told by the head of, you know, PR for Atlas West, they did actually, re- I mean, in general, they actually re-recorded a tons of lines and actually recorded brand new lines. Um, but they also did that to, uh, uh, you know, incorporate the, the new characters as well. And sounds for uh, it's, it sounds from uh, phenomenal. And one thing that I was especially pleased with was Maruki, which as you know, he's a ther- therapist and like um, child teen psychologist that was brought in by the school after the events of Kamoshida, which honestly, makes so much sense because they really all need therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was really, really touched by how well it was handled in terms of his dialogue. I mean, when he has, because what he does is he has sessions with the um, the main cast as they're introduced, and so you'll actually see him have these therapy sessions with them, and it's really great how well they did these, these sessions. Like they're exactly what it would be like in real life. You know how he speaks to them, that he doesn't force them to talk about their experiences right away. He leads in with casual, more lighthearted conversation just about how they're doing, you know, how's their school life, are they getting along well with their peers, you know, anything else that they wanted to talk about. And the fact that he actually did manage to make someone like Ryuji open up to him a little bit. It shows you, you know, so they, I don't, I don't know how much research they did or if they actually, you know, um, spoke with specialists, but they, it was, an amazing job. I think anyone who actually has experienced therapy uh, going in, it's very, very refreshing to see it handled so well. So I know I, I just have to always compliment this game for doing that. A uh, great job. That's really, that's really awesome. And I mean, God, I mean, like after that whole episode, on um, definitely needed uh, therapy. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad that. You know, they're also kind of talking to hear that they're giving a little more weight to the impact that the role, his role played. Yes. Because um, I always thought, you know, I thought in the original that, you know, what he was doing was so horrible and, you know, like, especially to like one of the primary characters, um, and then once you get, you know, you beat him, like, it's pretty much totally dropped, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a big uh, issue I had too, you know, because like unless you play through on social link, and even then I felt like should have had more more Shiho in it, but um, you know, it, it did feel like the main plot kind of just dropped it. And which yeah. is, you know, and it's like, you can't do that. Like, that has lasting effects. To see it acknowledged just, you know, more after that was very, very nice. Yeah, you that's know? really cool. So, cool. yeah, it is. And just, just, and I just remember there is one more other thing. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. <laughs> um, I just remember, too, one of my favorite things that they've added to this game is more mini games. I mean, just, oh, cool. uh, we have... Yeah, the the two main ones is they added uh with the Kichi Joji area that they added, you have a darts and billards uh uh club and the darts mini game is so much fun. It's somewhat similar to Yakuza, but I think it plays a bit better than the Yakuza version of darts and it's it's absolutely a blast like just, you know, and you have actually incentive to sink time into it because it actually raises uh each character's ranking of their uh, baton pass, which is another new feature. So that's a lot of fun. But just seeing, like, the really cute, you know, dialogue and, like, the characters bonding over darts is very nice. And then also you have uh, the, the Thieves' Den, which was added in the game, uh, which is basically, like, a way to just collect tons of memorabilia, uh, you know, your gallery of, like, cool artwork, you know, actual trailers, you know, old trailers for the game, um... O- uh, openings for their st- the the animated special stuff like that, and then also a new card game called um, what was this? Oh my gosh! And it just slipped my mind. The name of the card game that I played so much time into Tycoon. <laughs> 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 so and that's a lot of fun too because they actually have voice lines as well for this game, which is kind of like a poker sort of spades hybrid like hearts as well it's very interesting and it's a a lot of fun and i also sunk a lot of time into that just because it's a blast yeah that's really cool yeah it's that's that that's cool that they've given you a lot more to do like yeah absolutely I i assume that's just stuff you do when you're like running around the city and you know spending your days um because there was definitely an element in the in the original game where there'd be times when it's just like, well, I'm just kind of kind of like f- filling out the day, you know. Exactly, you know. So now you have tons more to do, uh, you know, uh, and, and you know to fill it out. It's a lot better. Mementos has been improved even, so it's a lot more bearable to go in there, and even with the adorable new character Jose, so he's very cute. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm real. I'm super curious. Um, if I <laughs> if I had some disposable cash right now, I'd probably I probably would just go ahead and uh, pull the plug and pick it up. But you know, I'm I'm gonna hold off. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um. So yeah, I think we should probably wrap up here because um, I need to uh, go. Uh, take care of my daughter whose uh, daycare is closed pretty soon here. So yeah. Um, but I will, de- will definitely uh, link to your review, which is really, really in depth, like I said. Um, so people can get like a fuller view of the game and everything. Um, like it, link to it in the show notes. 
thanks as always for joining me. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Thank you. Um, so uh, as earlier, we mentioned that I work for a video game website, Dual Shockers. Um, a great website has tons of uh, video game content, such as news, previews, reviews, editorials, videos, uh, just just a lot of content. You know, you could definitely uh, check what I've written out and as well as my other colleagues They're incredibly talented as well. Um, of course, my Twitter handle is ajames347. So if you ever want to reach out to me, you know, if you read my content, you want to ask me questions, you want to reach out to me in general about anything, I'm always open to discuss, you know, whatever you want. Like JRPGs in general, we could talk about the Mega 10 franchise, just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the sky's the limit. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, uh, um, it's worth noting that uh, Megaton Marathon, the other uh, podcast that uh, Elisa and I host, um, is uh, we are currently doing Persona Three, and we uh, the first episode on that came out a couple weeks ago, and there will be a new one up very soon. So, um, yeah, hopefully by the end of next week. So. Yeah, definitely check that out, especially if you're in the uh, persona mood right now. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and that's at uh, megasendmarathon.com. And uh, yeah, just to wrap up, you know, rate and review us on, um, you know, Apple Podcasts and, uh, you know, other sites that allow you to rate and review shows. Um, We're on Facebook and Twitter under Combo Chain. And um, we also have a Patreon. Um, that kind of covers both this and Megatend Marathon. Um, it's uh, patreon.com backslash mirror image studios. And um, basically, uh, we're just, you know, helps us cover the uh, hosting costs and uh, the software we use. We kind of use custom podcast recording software that, you know, since we record remotely, uh, it makes it, you know, sound hopefully like we're almost in the same room as opposed to uh you know just trying to like like, (laughs) you know record like you know crappy like discord chat or something like that (laughs) um but yeah those things do you know cost cost money and uh you know uh money and jobs are definitely tight right now uh so any help that you could provide uh would be awesome um so yeah just putting that out there um as for me also listen to mega 10 marathon mega 10 marathon.com it's lisa and i and our uh, co-host alex and uh i am on twitter at paul on davis all right well thanks so much uh for joining me elisa thank you for having me as always yes and uh, we'll be doing another one of these soon. Um, and uh, to everybody who's listening, stay safe. Hope you're not losing your minds. Play lots of JRPGs. And I hope, you know, you and yours are staying healthy and, you know, staying you know, stable economically and in other ways. Uh, it's a hard time. So, you know, we appreciate you listening to us and hope that, you know, we could provide some kind of 
at least a little bit of diversion from all the crazy stuff in the world. Absolutely.